Chaos and craziness, raising kids, learning lessons, making mistakes, motherhood, the good, the bad, the confusing. We're going to talk about it all. Join us for the Motherhood Snapshots podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Hello Storyteller Podcast. I am super excited today because we are interviewing dun, 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 my mother. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so my mom's name is Lori, and she's here with us today. And of course, we have Meg. Hi, Meg. Hey, hey. Hey, Meg. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so this is part two or part B of our interviewing our mother's podcasts we uh we did one a while not a while back a couple weeks ago with meg's mom and uh yeah because one day meg and i were talking and we were like we should have our moms on and we're like yeah we should actually have our moms on it just gets a little it gets a little you know i was like all pumped when i was interviewing meg's mom (laughs) now you're you're shaking in your boot (laughs) and now i'm like who's running this interview today meg me you me it's me right (laughs) Yeah, she tried to she tried to take it away from me. She's like, I'm I'm running the show, right? She just doesn't want me to know all the dirty little secrets. But I've already found out some really good ones. Hey, yes, you have. what happens before a podcast starts stays there. Oh, it's kind of like Vegas. Got it. Yes, exactly. Precisely. What is that? I, I guess it all PM comes me? down to who is editing the podcast. Uh, and then, who usually does that, Melissa? Uh, I started doing it. Yay! Yay! I've done one. (laughs) Out of how many episodes? Well, I I just learned. I know. I know, friend. It's okay. I know. It's teamwork. We're a team. Teamwork makes the dream work. It really does. Our dreams are coming true, my friend. They are. (laughs) So, Lori. That's weird for me to say. It's weird. You can just call her mom. Can I just call her mom? Yeah, of course. She okay. is your mom. Perfect. All right. I'm not going to call you Lori then because that's super weird. Yeah. Although, call me mom. Although well, I always... Well, can call me mom too because, you know, oh, all your friends so come. Or Mama G. I used to get Mama I G. I like that. Yeah. She's not known by a first name. She's just known as mom to everybody. <laughs> that's how my mom is too. Yeah. Friends to all. Yeah. That's true. Um, I always kind of did want to be able to call you by your first name, though, when I was, like, a teenager, because I thought that would be kind of cool. I'd be like, hey, Lori, what's up? But then I figured that would not go over well, so I never tried it. Hey, Lori, make me a sandwich. (laughs) That probably would not have. But there was a time that you didn't even want me to call you by your your given name, so I guess that was, you know, a little bit of something, right? That probably stems from my my birth. And if only you guys had ears to the previous conversation, you'd really understand. (laughs) Okay, so remind me, because I feel like I remember the name I wanted you to call me for a brief stint of time, but I'm not sure if I remember. Do you remember? There was a couple. um, A couple? (laughs) Yeah, there was two different names. And, um, you know, the one thing I'm going to tell you is that (laughs) as a parent, you think you are going to remember everything. Oh, that was so cute. That was what I am never going to forget that. You do. Okay. So if you want to remember something, write it down. Or take a picture of it. Or take a picture of it. Yeah, that's or, true. Or, well, if they specifically said something, you just, you know, you think you're going to remember, but you don't. So I think, um, oh my gosh, what was the name? What was the name that you remember? I remember Veronica. That was one of them. Veronica. <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't realize there was more than one. That's the only one I remember. This is so funny. I just can't remember what the other one was. Veronica works, though. Yeah, she she wouldn't even, like, if I didn't call her by that, she wouldn't answer. Oh. <laughs> Mel, I'm just going to start calling you Ronnie now. <laughs> I was what you could call a precocious child. No, you never. No, that comes as a surprise. <laughs> you I'm sure we'll get into that when we ask my mom what, what when she first noticed my creative streak. Oh well, my I God. think that that will lead us off with our first question, Lori. Oh. What what was Melissa like as a child? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> No, please. Okay. This is the first Don't reaction. Don't be so enthusiastic about it's this. It's going to be good. Melissa. Melissa was. <laughs> Melissa, she was a, she was, she was a feisty child. Okay. <laughs> so like her brother was at the time when she was born, he was two. So if I needed to take a shower, I would just put him on the couch with Sesame Street and just explain to him, I need to take a shower. Just stay here, mommy, you know. And he'd stay there the whole time. When, when Melissa was old enough to stand up, I had to put her in a playpen. And even at that, I could never take a complete shower. I'd wet my hair and I'd have to lean out of the shower. Luckily, the, the bedroom was right next door. And she'd already have one foot over the top of the playpen. <laughs> it's like, get that foot back in. <laughs> then I'd wash my hair and say, get that foot back. Yeah, so she was... Um, she oh, was, she's Audrey. <laughs> she just was, nothing was going to hold her back. Nothing was going to keep her in. She was just a very curious child and just, <laughs> just very friendly, outgoing. I'd be her, have her in the carriage and the grocery store. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds a lot like my oldest child. <laughs> You and Emma have a lot in common, Melissa. Which is funny. Or should I call you Ronnie? That's right. Because somewhere along the way, I developed a, an intimidating, resting blank face. So I don't know what <laughs> happened to me. As a, apparently, I used it all up in my youth. No, you just and she would. She would always love to dance. I mean, she'd be dancing since she could walk, dancing, singing, you name it. She was around the house pictures drawing she was just very creative and um I did sign her up for dance class when she was four because if I could have done it sooner I would have um because she was just always dancing around the house and so dancing was a great outlet a creative outlet for her um because she just enjoyed it and she picked up on it so quickly she was quite um what's the word I'm looking for she was very bright as a child. Not that she's not now. <laughs> Do you like that disclaimer? But, as a child. She's bright as a child. No, she was really, she was just really, she picked up things very quickly. And she just, um, well, so her, I, you know what, I don't, I never wanted to make comparisons with my kids, but you, you understand as a parent what one child can and cannot do, what other one, you know what I mean? It's not like you're oh, comparing yeah. them, but yeah. you know their differences. So her brother, I knew was not ready for kindergarten when he could have gone. So I opted to keep him home for another year. He was very smart, but emotionally, I don't think he was ready to sit still for that long. Is that what <laughs> I did wrong with all of my children? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I should have held them back. <laughs> 
But Melissa was like so ready and she missed the cutoff by like 10 days. Oh, and so man. I could not send her. So by the time I, and she, so I sent her to um, preschool and she was only going to go two days a week because that's all we could afford. And I brought her there and she wasn't even there maybe three days. <laughs> and the head mistress comes and she says to me, um, we would like to put um, Melissa in um, an all day uh a half day, excuse me, a half day kindergarten program here. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't afford that. So they're no, 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 no. We, we'd like to give her a scholarship. Yeah. Because Woo! Scholarship in kindergarten, baby. That was me. <laughs> because they <laughs> the said, early bird gets the worm. <laughs> That's right. Yes. She was just so, she knew so much and everything. She was bored to tears. So, um, they did. So that's what we did. So she was there five days a week. And then when it was time for her to go to kindergarten, I'm like, well, I can't send her for a half day kindergarten. So we, they had, um, magnet schools here in Springfield. And so <laughs> I, uh, applied for and got her into a magnet school that was an all day kindergarten. I have to tell you though, that it probably wasn't until <laughs> third grade before she was even barely challenged. <laughs> she kind of skated through grades one through three because it was, and they did ask me if I wanted to skip her a grade. And I did think about it. I truly did. But I remember how it was for me being 16 and a senior in high yeah, school. Yeah, you were really young. Oh, wow. It was... It's, yeah, I just, I didn't want her put her through that. So, um, I, so I, we opted not to, um, let her skip the grade. But that magnet sorry, school sorry, is like on the other side of town. It wasn't. She used to fall asleep on the way home. The <laughs> bus driver would stop and he'd have to go, you know, back in there and wake her up to, cause it was like a, a 35, 45 minute drive, um, after you, you know, drop off all the other kids before she got yeah. home. So, yeah. So, <clears throat> was there a point in time that I mean I I, I remember I, I mean I like my living room dance recitals were legendary. Oh, I, I want to say that they were backyard rehearsals were spectacular. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really hope Lori has some on video at least. Oh yes, we do. Oh good, it's still on a VHS, but you know one day I will get it onto DVD. <laughs> And for the kids that are listening and don't know what a VHS is, go Google it. <laughs> go Google it. <laughs> oh, boy. So um, is there a time that I knew that you were very talented? Well, no. I mean, I think I, I remember, you know, kind of – I always felt like my creativity was was encouraged. Like, there, I don't ever remember, aside from, like, maybe being quiet or more quiet or, like, <laughs> stop jumping on the furniture, like – I don't recall my creativity ever being like stifled or shut down. And I think that that probably, you know, added to my willingness to kind of try new things and, and put out new things. But I also think that some of that was inherited because you are also very creative. And so I wanted to have you spend a little bit of time of talking about kind of how creativity has played a role in your own life. Well, I think, um, well, Melissa's grandmother, my mom, was a professional singer, and she um, she got into it later in life. She was very shy as a child, but her older brother knew how to play guitar. So when she was in her 
I'm going to say her middle to late teens, she taught herself how to play the guitar with, you know, some help from her brother. But um, it wasn't really until after she was married that she started to um, sing with different trios and different bands. And um, so she was very artistically inclined herself. And she actually, when she was in her, because she always played the guitar, but she then uh, took piano lessons when she was in her late, I'm say her late 40s, early 50s, and learned how to play the piano beautifully. She could transpose music like in her she was never um classically trained for anything she always learned on her own but she'd be playing with the trio and a song would be in a key that she wanted it and they didn't have the music for so she would just like within a matter of minutes like write out the trans she transposed the song right there for them and here you go (laughs) i think i would have really liked her Yeah, she, she was um, quite the character. <laughs> she was quite the character. <laughs> um, but there was at one point, um, I mean, you, you've got, because in the meantime, she had seven kids in nine years. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Which didn't leave a lot of time for singing, but she she sung all the time. There was always music in our house, and it was always encouraged. And my dad, they had different, my dad loved um, jazz, blues, um, that type of thing. He had uh, the 78 records, and of course, people that may not know what those are, those are the <laughs> bigger records with a little hole in the center as opposed to the <laughs> 33 that was a smaller record with a big hole in the center. But Records he, are making a comeback, Mom. Yeah. Yeah, they he, are. He listened to um, Satchmo, he, um, Lionel Hampton, just all the greats. Jim, uh, Buddy Rich, my father himself, played the drums. And he had a set downstairs, and he would just, and he'd sometimes just do it with his hands on the dining room table. Um, but when he would get the drums in his hand and just take off, it was just delightful to watch. He didn't do it as much as I would have liked to have seen him do it. But um, So we always were encouraged that way. My mom, and sometimes too much, um, here, Lori, show them your dance. Here. It's like, no, no, no. I didn't like being in the spotlight. My mom loved being in the spotlight, so it worked out well for her. But at one point, she was actually singing um, six nights a week oh, wow. at, at a club. And um, it, it she loved singing, but even that, after she did that, I think, straight six nights a week for like four years. Wow. And uh, it took a toll on her. Um, sure. But so yeah, so we were always encouraged to um, do like little plays or just to singing songs. We went out with my mom to sing things at Christmas time. We always went out did Christmas caroling with her. Um, one point um, in downtown Springfield, there were when it was alive and vibrant. <laughs> um, they, <laughs> there were these stores that had multiple levels, and they had um, commissioned different types of groups to perform during Christmas time uh, as a for the guests that were coming in. And I remember specifically, it was me and my four sisters and my mom, and at the top of the escalator is where they placed us. And so we sang Christmas songs <laughs> in, the, in the store. Um, and so a part of me is like, wow, that was really cool. And the other part of me that was a teenager said, Dear God, I hope nobody that I know comes up that escalator. <laughs> <laughs> mortified. I'm mortified. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So um, 
you know, it's funny because I never really, um, well, I always loved to sing and I did join like different um, groups like in high school and whatnot. I never really outside of the house did too much until I had kids. And when Melissa, I signed her up for um, dance class, I actually got up the courage to ask uh, Miss Carol whether or not she had an adult class. That's right. And lo and behold, she did. Yeah. So the little girl in me said, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And so, yeah, so I did. So that was cool. No. And then there were times when we actually danced together. Um, oh, I love that. <laughs> That's true. So that was cool. That's always so fun. I do that with my girls too. And they, it just brightens the mood in our house and just makes everybody so happy. So whenever we're kind of having a dull moment, we just need to have a dance party and everything's yeah. better. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But even growing up, like my mom has always been very self-sufficient. So like, and not just, I mean, like obviously the singing and the dancing, but she bakes and, you know, she read books and learned how to reupholster furniture and, you know, (laughs) stripped down tables and refinished them. Like, (laughs) so she's always been, you know, if she tries to figure something out, she's usually able to do it. Like she made prom dresses for my sister and I, like she's just Aww. done all kinds of stuff. Um, so See, I think now we come by it naturally. I know. All, I know. We all so just come through a line of creatives. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Like I'm going to digress for a hot second here and be like, so when we were interviewing Meg's mom, I kept having to stop and be like, are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> are you serious? Because like Meg's mom was a nightclub singer. Like, Oh, wow. Meg's mom, same thing. She's like, I'm always really been self-sufficient. Like I'm handy. I, you know, I gave my husband my tools to fix things. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's just so many really interesting parallels between, and then even just Meg and I, even things that we've just found out about each other, about like the dancing and whatnot, like just other things that like just a lot of really interesting parallels between like our own interests and our just our own mothers and like their creative backgrounds and then our grandmothers like there's just a lot of really interesting like connections there which is pretty cool yeah it is it's yeah. a small world i have found that out it's a very small world but it's, <laughs> it's very small yeah. but i think that the created for you like growing up i think that because in my own um childhood and teenage years we were a lot while there were a lot of restrictions about things we could not do <laughs> the um the musical and the creativity part of it was always encouraged there was always music in my house there just you know always was and so i i think i wanted to be able to carry that through for you kids and so i just encouraged all kinds of different types of music too because while my dad was blues and jazz my mom was you know Robert Goulet and um Nat King Cole and just more of the um I guess standards it would be yeah um but my mother had a beautiful voice herself it's it was like a cross between um Rosemary Clooney and Patty Mm. Page it was just she just had a beautiful voice and so um yeah I just wanted to be able to continue that with my kids and and not just musically however they wanted to express themselves I was actually looking through a uh, an album, Melissa, and oh, I boy. came across. <laughs> do you remember that? I don't know what type of a camera it is. You probably do. The one where you have to, is it a browning? Oh, yeah. Uh, so you look to the, the top. You look to the top. Yeah. And so I had had a roll of film in it because I had gotten that from my mom. Um, 
I think she was going to throw it away. I'm not sure. And you I'm still like, have that camera. I do. <gasps> I've tried um, to take it from your house. <laughs> yeah, she's smuggling it under it. her shirt. She has not allowed me to take it yet, but uh, I might be coming back with me. <laughs> I did. I, I messaged her a while, like last year. I was you like, did. you still have that? You still have that camera? You still got it? You're like, yeah, why? <laughs> well, I didn't think you could film <laughs> for off. it, but you said you could. You I can, think. yeah. So but in any case, so. I had had um, a roll of film in there because I had gotten it from my mom and I just wanted to see whether or not it even worked. And so you had taken some shots and I don't know if you remember that you had done that. There was one. Yeah. I think I just kind of let you, you know, look through it and you know, there's that gray button just pushed in gently. Is that the one of Nathan mowing the lawn? I think so. Are those like a dandelion or something or a sunflower? A sunflower. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're going to have to find this. I want to see it. I have them. I'll have to uh, take a picture of them and send it to you. I'll I'll grab them from you. I'll scan them. That's so funny. Yeah. My first four-way into film. Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) Well, how old would I have been then? Um, Nathan looks like he was probably 11, so you would have been nine maybe. Nine, yeah. Yeah. Now, it's funny for me to, like, think back because I always remember taking pictures, like, you know, having some kind of camera in my hand. But do you have, like, a any kind of – like, when's maybe the first time that you thought to yourself, oh, she seems to be really interested in photography? It was probably around the same time, maybe – well, maybe when you got a little bit older, maybe 10 or 11, because I, I'm sure we had just, I think, started getting into – I don't know if it was a digital age then. Or... No. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, well, it was. It was film. So the problem being is, you know, you don't want to ruin the film. <laughs> right. So, you know, you only let the kids have the camera <laughs> so often <laughs> to, but you always had, I think, like a, you saw things through your eyes that you well, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> but I use think, your special eyes. Use your special yes. But I think you always always like looked at. You were very observant. You always looked at things. Just saw them in a different way than maybe other people did. I don't know. Mm. It's not coming out as nicely as I would like for it to. <laughs> but it just seemed like you just had an um, this any ability to see beyond what was right there in front of people. You could see be, and I'm horrible at um, (laughs) trying to explain things um, as Melissa can attest to, (laughs) but, but that, but those things that were maybe, you know, somebody might see, oh, there's a nice pair of shoes on the ground or whatnot. And Melissa would look at that and see, you know, somebody's feet were in those and they took their first step with them type of thing. Do you know what I mean? So it was seeing, seeing beyond. She saw the story. That's it. (laughs) She's a story. She's the automatic storyteller. (laughs) (laughs) She saw the story behind the, the reality of what was there that you saw in front of you. Um, So she always, and even with her, her writing too, she's very, a prolific writer and just has this, (laughs) that might be a bit of an overstatement. It's not. Um, and even though I'm your mother, I still, I, I know when somebody tells a good story or when they don't, <laughs> but, um, it, she just has this way of, of writing things and expressing herself beautifully with words. 
and telling a beautiful story and you and you're drawn into that story not only are you drawn into the story but you can visualize um what it is that she's talking about so um and that is a gift well thanks you're welcome i'll pay you later (laughs) (laughs) i'm much better with the written word than i am with the spoken word (laughs) you're doing a great job Lori. thank you So since we are also a place for moms, how would you describe Melissa as a mom? Melissa is a phenomenal mom. She really is. She um, she is able, and, I, and I'm and i sure part of it is the training that she had in, in higher yeah. education um, in her judicial role. <laughs> and That's true. She has true this, um, and I, to- I used to tell people, because she worked where... I worked, not in the same department under the same uh, vice president or anything. But she, um, I told them that she's good because she is fair, but um, she makes them accountable. And that is not always the case. You know, some people don't hold other people accountable. It's like, oh, okay, well, we'll let you get off this time. It's like, you know, she knew that these kids knew what they needed to do and they made the wrong choice the choice not to do that so she held them accountable according to um the circumstances so she was very fair but she was very firm and while they may not have appreciated it at the time (laughs) (laughs) oh we sound pretty Um, similar there mel um i think that she garnered uh the respect um, of uh, the student body, truly. They knew that um, if they were brought before her, that um, she would hold them accountable, but be very fair in doing so. So she does the same thing with her kids. I mean, she just um, very much uh, talks with them, communicates with them, explains to them what it is um, that they may have not made the best choice for doing. Um, so that's the disciplinarian side, but the other side, she allows them to be very much themselves. Um, and they're all different because they're three different boys. They have three different personalities and she just allows them to be themselves within as much as she can so they don't hurt themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that happens every day. (laughs) Liam. (coughs) No. um. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) But, um, but she just... Um, has this way about her that makes the kids feel very loved and cherished and at the same time um, they know that they are able to express themselves but that she's right there for the boundaries so they know that they can do whatever they want to do and she's going to be there to reel them in. So they don't have to worry about um, making that decision on their own. And I don't know if that is translating as well as I would hope it would. Because, <laughs> because you know, there are some parents that don't give their kids any boundaries. And I think the kids feel a bit overwhelmed and truly on some level scared that there's there are no boundaries because, you know, the what ifs, you know. But if you have set boundaries for them, but they know that they can go to those boundaries and maybe push them occasionally. 
that you got or their every back. every day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> or drive mommy crazy. You know. No, I, I understand what you're saying. And I think that's good too. That we, I think even as adults, we all need boundaries. A certain level of a line that can be... Yeah, I think the line can be a little bit elastic where there's room to push and mm-hmm. and kind of not see what you can get away with, but just, you know, to kind of be your own person too. But but yeah, I, I agree with you where as much as I've seen or heard, because usually Mel and I are talking on the phone, so <laughs> I don't get to see her as often as I would like to, but you know, I hear her be a mom and, and I see her be a mom through her photos and I think she's a great mom and I'm constantly going to her for advice because, well, kids can be challenging sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and she's a can. great sounding board. Yeah, so, so Laura, you've done a great job raising Mel and Thanks. I know Mel's doing a great job raising her boys and I think she's a phenomenal mom too. So goodness, people. <laughs> Bust out the Mel. <laughs> I'll cry tomorrow. I'll cry in the moment. (laughs) Delayed emotional response. Not unlike, I mean, I didn't have that affliction as a child, but I do now as an adult. (laughs) Have which affliction? Uh, That I hid my emotions well. No, no, no. She did not hide any of her emotions (laughs) at all. This is a lie she's telling to herself. (laughs) No, I do now as an adult. So I could get like an example. I'll give you an example. So I shot a birth for the first time last week. And it was a surrogate. It was really emotional. And of course, you know, I was just kind of caught up in the moment of doing my job. Whatever. I got home. I went to bed. I woke up. I started going through the pictures. And then I'm like sobbing on my couch. Yeah. But it's the same thing. Like when I got married, I was like, this is awesome. And then the next day I cried. I had my kids. And I was like, cool. And then like three days later, I was like, oh my God, there's no beauty. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's, it's just, just this a delayed weird, reaction. Like, That's delayed all. response. But, you know, as a child, I was much more... As a child, I think even still, even like in middle school too, my parents were in school a lot, <laughs> talking to my oh, teachers. Oh boy, <laughs> she, um, she was yeah. a bit of a handful. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I think it's just that creative side of her coming out all the time. <laughs> I stood up. I stood up to injustice. She did. She did. Is what I did. <laughs> well, I think that carried over into her adult life too, which is fine, right? There, yeah, yeah, there was yeah. just certain times at school that I was just like, this uh, this isn't this isn't fair. And you know? I always like, tell my kids to stand up for themselves. Um, you know, her brother got bullied on the playground and he didn't want to, you know, hurt them or fight back. And so I finally, and you may end up editing this part out, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it won't be and edited at the, out. At the, at the time, I was a teacher's aide. And I could, from my classroom, I could see on the playground and I had gone to um, the principal and I had gone to um, my teacher and back in the day bullying wasn't it was more of a oh you know kids will be kids kind of a thing mm-hmm. back then not like it is now right and so um, I saw that and I finally said to him like Nathan I'm like the next time he does that to you or they try to do that to you. You take them by the shirt. You push them up against the wall. You tell them, you touch me again, and I'm going to punch your lights out. <laughs> and so then Nathan, Nathan said to me, he's like, I'll get in trouble. I said, no, you won't because I will be there to back you up. Because at some point, you do have to stand up for yourself. And so he did. And so they didn't. Um, bother them anymore. Yeah. So I had tried to always instill in my kids that you have to stand up for yourself because of 
the bullying that I went through as a kid. So it's just, you know, I wanted my kids to be able to stand up for themselves. So Melissa did. <laughs> she stood up for herself a lot. That's great, though. <laughs> but there was one time that she was uh, in the classroom and there was a um, substitute teacher in the classroom and they wouldn't let them leave the classroom. And Melissa needed to use the bathroom. And so you tell the story better than I do, Melissa, so maybe you should tell it. <laughs> oh, so I think it was sixth or seventh grade, and the substitute had written on the board, like, no breaks, no drinks, no bathroom. And I was like, dude, I got to pee. So I went up, and I'm like, can I use the bathroom? And she snapped at me. She's like, do you not know how to read? Can you not see the sign on the board? And I was like, yeah, I, I see it, but I, I have to pee. <laughs> and so she's like, you need to sit back down. So I just left. Oh, boy. I left the classroom, and I went to the bathroom. But then I had the presence of mind to be like, she's not going to let me back in there if I go back on my own. So... I went to the principal's office and the vice principal was there and I said to him, I said, look, here's the deal. She told me I couldn't go. I had to go to the bathroom. So I left. I know she's not going to let me back in. And he's like, okay, go down and I'll, I'll be following you. And I said, okay. So I get down, back down to the classroom and then she is like screaming in my face. Oh and so then the vice principal like comes right behind me and she turns white as a ghost. He sends me in the classroom, shuts the door. You can hear him yelling at her in the hallway. But all the kids in the classroom are like, oh, my gosh, Melissa, where did you go? And I'm like, to the bathroom. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> like, what did you think I did? Stole the principal's car and like drove it around? I had to pee. That's what I did. But it was important. You know, one of the things that I remember... In fact, I feel like I was just having this conversation with you not too long ago, Mom, is my parents were always like, we're not going to do this for you. Like, you need, we're, we're going to champion you that you can handle these things on your own. So if there's issues or concerns, you need to address them before. Like, we're not going to make these calls on your behalf. And it was, I think, a different parenting style <laughs> time, parenting time at, when I was growing up in the, you know, the late 80s, early 90s. But um and I can only remember that I'm aware of, I can count on one hand the amount of times that I either went to my parents and said, like, I've tried, it's not working, or that my parents advocated on my behalf because I handled things on my own for the most part. And I remember a lot of times I get feedback from my teachers that, you know, she talks a lot in class. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom would come home and be like, they're saying you talk a lot in class. I'm like, well, then they need to stop p placing me in seats next to my friends. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was What do they answer. want from me? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I only have so much self-control. <laughs> you know, what do you want me to do? But I think also, you know, that has carried on to my own children, you know, and that for what's age appropriate for them at this point is to advocate for themselves. And actually, I haven't even told you this story, Meg. So we were, Josh had a baseball practice last week and my younger two wanted to go on the playground and, or had a game. They wanted to go on the playground and... You know, I'm trying to give them a little more freedom and autonomy, but when they're together, it's sometimes a bit of a hot mess. So um, so I was like, fine, you can go. But I was like as far away as you could get from the playground on the field. Like I wasn't closest to the playground. And so I was like, you need to stay together. You cannot leave without one another. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. So we get to the end. I've checked on them a couple of times and I'm, you know, I grabbed them from the playground to put them in the car and <laughs> they're like, mommy, there were big kids on the playground and they tried to tell us that they were in charge of us. <laughs> and I was oh. like, really? What happened? Like, we told them you are not in charge of us. And if you keep doing that, we're going to tell your parents and you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good for them. <laughs> and so I was like, good. And then they had like one of their little school friends with them. And we we're like, we stood up for her too. And then like later on that night, Drew was saying to me, he's like, mommy, I'm proud of myself. I stood up for myself today. Aww. I was like, good job, buddy. This was, of Yay. course, after he completely disregarded, a, a you know, me telling him not to go past a certain point And we had to have a little come to Jesus talk. But, um, you know, it's all, it's all the, I look at the overall picture and not every single incident. But yeah, but it is always kind of, I think you start to see as you're raising your own children, you know, the wisdom of your own parents and things that they did that you, as a child, you're like, oh gosh, really? And then as a parent, you're like, oh yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. That whole, <laughs> I'm never going to do that to my kids comes back to, oh, no, I understand why they did that. Oh, I know. It's a, it's a horrible yeah. cycle, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> now we understand everything. Well, not everything, almost everything. Yeah. It's true though. Like I think, I mean, you always are going to, you know, I joke, I've joked before on the podcast that I, you know, just having therapy fun set up for my kids because I'm sure I've messed them up <laughs> in some way. But, um, you know, you're learning as you go. There's no, you can read however many books you want, but at the end of the day, it's still just throwing stuff against the wall and holding something sticks. Like, that's true. Kind yeah. Of, that's kind true. of a crapshoot. What's going to And work. I think you do the best that you can at the time that you're there. You know, you can't do any more than what you can do. So, and then you hope that you don't mess up your kids too much. <laughs> right. Hey, it all, it gives us a little character, right? It is true. It wouldn't be fun it if we were true. all perfect. No. No, that's very See? true. Yeah. Or support imperfection. <laughs> I'm giving myself all, an out. <laughs> we're all perfectly imperfect. There you go. Exactly. That's true too. So, mom, how do you see... What's the role of creativity in your life now as an adult? Hmm. Older adults, maybe. Um, I think I am allowing myself to be more creative. Um, it's probably only been within the past maybe 10 years or so. Um, well, as Melissa knows, I sing. Um, I had always wanted to sing with the choir, but never, you know, when your kids are young. It's just, you know, you have other responsibilities. But as I got older, I just... Um, Want, I love to sing, so I had wanted to sing, but I'm, I'm not a performer. I love to sing, but I don't like to perform, if that makes sense. <laughs> she um, likes to be up in the choir loft in the back. <laughs> <and you're laughs> exactly. Don't so, make her go down in front of the church. No. So um, I, I've actually embraced um, my creativity. I think before I never really gave myself credit for really thinking that I could do it. Um, because I've, I was helping out with the choir and then I was like an assistant choir director. And now I pretty much am the choir director. The other director is, is in the process of retiring. So we're just kind of overlapping a little bit right now until she retires. And so a part of me used to say, you know, who do you think you are doing that? But now it's like, I know this, (laughs) I got this. And, um, and so I guess I'm allowing myself to be a little more um, proactive in the creation part of it instead Mm -hmm. of having other people say, hey, can we, you know, let's do this or we should do that. I do listen to input, don't get me wrong, a a lot. Um, But I feel now more confident in saying um, we might be able to incorporate that, but this is what my vision is for it. And I think I'm just maybe becoming 
um, more confident in that. And I have to tell, well, so this past weekend we had a concert at the church. Um, the Dan Kane singers who is around here, they're a very well-known, <clears throat> excuse me, group of professional singers. And they came to the church. We were doing a fundraiser for our youth so that we could send them to Steubenville. And so they did it pro bono. They didn't charge us anything and, and asked if we wanted to to sing with them, uh, that the choir could do, you know, a few songs. And everybody's like, you need to sing, you need to sing. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. That <laughs> requires being in front of people and they'll be looking at me. <laughs> uh, so I prayed a lot on it. I, uh, and finally, I just uh, realized that, that the Lord had given me this gift and that I really should be sharing it, especially because it was for the reason that we were doing it, was for um, our our kids. And so um, I, I did do that at the concert. I had taken the um, Hallelujah song. I think you're mm-hmm. familiar with it. Yep. And I had written lyrics to make an Easter Hallelujah song. So um, I performed that, and I have to tell you <laughs> – it was the Holy Spirit come through because it was just, um, it was very uh, powerful for me to be able to um, do that creatively, to be able to sing a song that I had written the lyrics to and to have such an effect. I didn't think that it was done that great a job, but I had so many people come up to me. I cannot believe that was so powerful. You had me in tears and just... But just to be able to creatively be able to do that and use that gift that I had been given uh, was just such a blessing. And yeah, so I guess going back to your question, so as an adult, I guess I just feel more confident to be able to use my creativity in the most positive way that I can. Yeah. I love that. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mel. Well, that's all the questions I have. That's all the questions that you have. I don't know if I have any others. Any other anecdotes mom that you wanted to share this is your chance to like when you were a kid kind of a thing oh sure why I not? Still, well I have visuals you know I was I was um, going through <laughs> take us well, through I your mind going, <laughs> I was going through some of the um like the albums and whatnot and there was just you know it's just going through my mind she was just very like I've got a picture of her with a baton because she was in a uh, a parade for school and then um she was part of the D.A.R.E. program and just I wrote see- a rap. You did. <laughs> I wrote a rap song. You wrote a rap song? Sure me- did. I want to hear it. Let's go. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I, I can sing Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know that rap. No, I wrote this rap with like three friends of mine for our, our D.A.R.E. Oh, graduation, nice. which is like that. You you know what D.A.R.E. is, right? Remember oh, yeah. Now? Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so it's like a drug education program yeah. that's actually not super effective, but whatever. <laughs> um, it's it was it was cutting edge at the time. So, um, but yeah, I wrote a uh, I wrote a rap with friends of mine, and we performed it at our dare graduation. Nice. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, and nursery school, you were part of a barbershop quartet. <laughs> did she wear a I vest? I was also part of a. I did. Yes. A <laughs> and a little hat, she and you did. know what's. You know what's funny, Meg? What? I don't think you know this. So I met Dave (laughs) because I was singing in a barbershop in college because I had a crush on the bass singer and they needed a, um, they needed a tenor, but 
I was a soprano, so I could sing, you know, the tenor range. And so I finagled my way into the group and Dave was in it. And that's how we met each other. <laughs> Aw, that's yes. the cutest thing ever. Masters of the Universe, right? Is that yep. what the name of the group? Yes, but I thought it should have been called Damsel in Distress because it was three guys <laughs> I and like me. That. And look, and now it's four men living in my house and me. So <laughs> you're, still really a, you're still a damsel. <laughs> Whole damsel in distress. <laughs> so even in in call, I mean, all through school, obviously, like just the the recitals or anything having to do, always a leader, and always taking the initiative. And even through college, um, the dance group that you were president of, and standing up for them against you know some individuals who shall remain nameless um, that were not very supportive. And so I just have always seen this leadership, but this creative side of her that is just awesome to watch. Uh, it was awesome to see as she developed it, as she was growing up. And just, um, I, I see it with the things that she does with her kids and her photography. I mean, I don't have to tell you. It's just breathtaking. <laughs> and and it's just, um, to see it is just, uh, I'm going to start getting emotional <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> Don't do that, because then I'll, then I will cry. <laughs> no, you always you always want what's best for your kids, and you always want them to feel that who they are and what they do as an individual that they will be able to that feel loved and cherished while doing it. And so, um, I think you know that's what you want for your kids, and I just be able to see that in what she does is just really an honor to see and watch. Are you still with us, Mel? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Call her tomorrow, Meg. Okay. <laughs> she'll, be, she'll be balling on the couch with lots of tissues. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, thanks for coming on today, Mom. My pleasure. Yeah. Hanging out with us. It was so oh, great to, to quote unquote meet you by uh You too, because podcast. I hear so many wonderful things about you, Meg. Oh, thank and, you. And um, Marissa sweet. talks about you all the time. And so I've seen a couple of pictures of you. So it was very nice to have, you know, have the person behind all that. Yeah. To talk and with Meg, you. when you come out, I'll make sure you get to meet her. Yeah. Can we go to lunch with with uh, Mama G? Absolutely. Yeah. Yay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming out at the end of July for like five days. It's going to be awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. How cool is yeah. that? So, we're going to so shoot cool. a wedding together <gasps> and we're oh going to hang out. Yeah. That is wonderful. Oh, that'll be yep, so cool. Yep. Yes. Yeah. We'll make it. We'll make it happen. Yay. Yes, we will make it happen. Yeah. Where does your mother live? My mom lives in Palm Desert in California. In California. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking yeah. we need to have like a, a mom and daughter weekend sometime soon. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Miami? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should come meet us yeah. in Waco, Texas when we go. <laughs> So, you know what I think is hysterical? So, my kids call my mom Nama, and then Meg's kids call her mom Glamma. Oh, Glammy. Glammy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That is so cool. <laughs> I feel like the four of us would have a real good time. I think, I think we really would. It'd be, a, it'd be yeah. a grand old time. It would. It would. All right. Well, we'll think about that one, try to figure the logistics out. But, yeah. Lori, thank you for coming on today and spending time with us and sharing appropriate stories for me. I appreciate that. Meg, I'll call you on the side and share some other dirt. <laughs> that would be that's what I told. That's what I told her mom I was going to do. Yeah. We'll just have our uh, mother-daughter weekend and then we'll, we'll spill all the dirt. 
There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. We've got to keep some mystery on air, though. Yeah, know? that's true. <laughs> well, we'll talk about the time where there was a uh, planter thrown in my pool when I was in high school. Good, yeah. Good times. My yeah, mom loves to tell that story. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this episode. And we hope you guys have a great Mother's Day, as this will be airing then. And we love you. And thanks so much for listening to us. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, Storytellers. Our Academy is officially open for enrollment. Yay! Check out the amazing courses we have to offer available in 2019. And as an extra bonus for being such supportive listeners, you can receive 10% off your course or membership enrollment by using the discount code HSACADEMY10 at checkout. Can't wait to see your story unfold, friends.